Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris Marshall. Hello. Um, and today we have something a little bit different for you as we take a giant sleep over the causeway to talk all things Northern Ireland, uh, looking at the current term in the SWPL and also looking ahead to Scotland's Pinotar Cup clash with the Irish on Tuesday. And joining me to obviously help explain this a little bit further because I'm not going to lie, I'm not super hot in Northern Irish women's football at the moment, is uh, Heart and Hands resident expert, Laura Clark. Laura, thanks very much for coming on. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I um, really appreciate this. I, I, put a, I was just saying to you before we started recording, I put a wee message out about a month ago and then as fates was inspired, me and Laura ended up on, a, on the same podcast and here we are now. Um, before we get started and looking at the Northern Irish talent and the, and the national team, can you introduce yourself a little bit, Laura, just for people that maybe haven't heard you on a podcast before? Sure thing, Chris. Um, my name's Laura Clark. You can obviously tell by my accent i'm of the northern irish persuasion i play football at a uh, domestic level here in northern ireland for cumberwreck ladies um i'm a i'm a big football fan i'm uh, very knowledgeable in the men's game and in the last couple of years i've, I've taken a bigger interest in in the women's game particularly with the, in the northern ireland domestic game as i'm involved in it and, and with the national team as well Excellent. Um, so yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to have a, a little bit of a general chat, first of all, just about women's football in Northern Ireland, because it's something that's certainly piqued my interest in recent weeks, especially with mm-hmm. the faces that have come over. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some of those faces that have come over from Northern Ireland into the Scottish Women's Premier League before looking ahead to the, the clash between the two sides in Spain uh, on Tuesday. So Laura, I think probably the first question I to ask you is, in terms of women's football in Northern Ireland, can you give us a very brief kind of potty history of what, what it's where it's at just now uh, in in that country. Yeah, well, the women's game here in Northern Ireland, Chris, is still very much in its infancy compared to you guys over there in Scotland. The IFA have launched a, a big new strategy last year titled Growing the Game and Maximising Impact, which is aimed at boosting the development of girls and women's football in Northern Ireland. It's a five-year strategy, so it started last year, 2019, and it will finish in 2024. So it shows there's a commitment from the IFA to invest and continue to grow the women's game at all levels here. And I have to say the plan has some pretty ambitious targets, one of which is to double the number of registered female players from 1,600 to 3,200 by 2024. But the plan also provides a, a framework to try to strengthen women's clubs and their volunteer base, so to encourage more women to take up coaching, refereeing or administrative roles within the game. Obviously, we're looking across at, at what's happening over there in Scotland with Rangers and Celtic having both turned professional over the winter, and we see your game going to the next level. The women's premiership here is, is still a considerable way, way away from becoming professional, to give it some context, even the top tier of men's football here, which obviously enjoys a considerably larger audience, only has a few teams with the resources to allow their players to train full-time, and no men's club in the Irish League is completely full-time in terms of their, their staff and their players. So we're we're some way away from, from where your game is domestically on the women's side, but the game here is continuing to grow, and like the rest of the UK, I think, You'll agree with me, the growth has accelerated off the back of the Women's World Cup last year. So media interest here across all pa- platforms, particularly social media, is, is on an upward trajectory and spectator numbers are growing and participation levels are increasing. So so we're certainly heading in the, the right direction. And I know we're going to go on to talk about the international setup and the Pinotar Cup shortly, but 
even within our squad at that tournament, there's 11 locally based players here. So the the the, the game is definitely growing here and, and it's heading the right way, as I said. Yeah, um, we have, as you say, we, we will talk about the Finisar Cup in a wee bit shortly. In terms of the game in Northern Ireland, then, who are the, the big clubs at the moment? Is it mirror the men's side of the game or is it something a little bit different? Yeah, yeah, it would mirror the, the men's side. Um, we're quite u- unique here in, in Northern Ireland. We like to do things a wee bit differently and that the Women's Premiership is run by NIFL. So that's the Northern Ireland Football League, which runs the men's Irish league and the leagues below it and the academy leagues and so on in, in the men's game. And it's been that way since the league was rebranded back in 2016. All the other divisions fall under the umbrella of the NIWFA, which is the Northern Ireland Women's Football Association. The Premiership is only going to be a six-team division in 2020. And as we said, it's mainly the teams people in Scotland would probably have heard of from the men's game, Linfield, Glentorn, Crusaders, Cliftonville, Derry City. One team that people over there may not have heard of is, is Sion Swifts, who are a real up-and-coming force in the women's game here. And they pushed Linfield all the way in the title race last season before Linfield eventually won their fifth title in a row on, on goal difference. So it was pretty it was pretty tight and an exciting league last year. The big two, as they'd be known in the men's game here, of Linfield and Glentorn are the big hitters in the women's game too in terms of pushing for trophies with Sion Swifts, who I just mentioned there, being there or thereabouts in recent years as well. The Premiership itself, it's quite elitist. The club I play for, Cumber Rec, we were relegated from the Premiership there in 2019 after only one season in the division. Um, and a decision has been taken by the powers that be not to pr- promote the 2019 winners of the Championship for the 2020 season. I think maybe, Chris, the thought process behind that was that they wanted the local-based Northern Ireland internationals to play against the highest-caliber players in the country. And the gulf between the the Premiership and the Championship is really quite significant at the moment. As I mentioned, the club I play for were promoted into the division and unfortunately we were um, relegated after one season, but we really didn't have any other expectations. And even within the Premiership itself, there's there's a bit of a chasm and you tend to see at least one, maybe eight, nine, ten figure score as, as a as a weekly occurrence. So even within the league, there's a there's a bit of a league, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things you've said when we've been talking about this is that Northern Ireland is obviously looking on a little bit enviously at Scotland and some somebody in Scotland, there's almost like that chain of effect when it goes down, you look down a little bit endlessly to, towards England and, and then obviously wider across Europe. So it's a really interesting take to hear that. Um, you mentioned Simon Swift, Sarah. I'm going to ask you a wee follow-up question, if that's okay, Laura. Are Simon Swift a kind of Glasgow City, Glasgow women equivalent, or are they something a little bit different? Yeah, they, they would be in terms of, you know, they, they don't have a, uh, like a big, you know, men's club to, to fall back on in terms of, you know, their men, you know, all the other teams I, I mentioned, obviously Derry City, it's a bit different because they play in the League of Ireland rather than the Irish League in the men's side. But all those other clubs have, have, have a big men's team, you know, backing them. So Sion Swifts are sort of, a, a, that's a good example, actually, and a good comparator with, with Glasgow City from the women's side. And they're they're a really strong club to be honest with you know I, I I really like their setup we went over and played them and they're they're a big advocate of the women's game and my team you know we were on the the end of quite a th- 
a few thrashings and you know fair play there coach contacted our coach and he said you know keep it going it's it's not that long ago we were we were where you are now and you know look how we've came on our journey so and they, they have a really strong youth setup so that you know they're really looking to develop their club and to have a string of players coming through so and and they play they, they play very nice football that that would be a team you know that are continuing to grow and I would say it's in my opinion you know it, it's only a matter of time before they're, they've won an Irish Cup but I think it's only a matter of time before they're winning a league title. That's, that's really interesting it's a team that I've seen the name kind of float about a few times but I didn't know that much about them so that's that's a really good insight one, one last final question about the kind of domestic scene in Northern Ireland in terms of people going to the games is it still very much a case of you kind of have your fingers crossed you get a decent number of people turning up yeah um the crowds aren't too bad I, I think it depends on you know <laughs> it's not necessarily the the ability I, th- I think it's nearly more the community you know my club at home matches we we were getting you know three figures at, at every home game which is fantastic you know for what's quite a, a small club you know Cumber is a town only has a population of about 15,000 people so you know the, the community are really getting behind the women's team and even the the wider community we are in what's what's called the the Ards Peninsula. So when you look at Northern Ireland, you you know you see the wee arm on the right hand side. So uh, people from from the area really got behind us. Sion would would be another real community club, and they would get very big crowds. And the likes of Glentorn and and Linfield and so on would be the same. But some of the other clubs, to be honest, would would struggle maybe to to get to get a, a lot of support. I know. That, that might have just been when we went, but I know that when we went to Derry City that there really wasn't very many that people there supporting. But again, I don't know if that's a weekly occurrence. It, you know, it could have been any factor as to why that happened. So I don't really want to speak on behalf of other clubs. But I think I think spectators' numbers are, are definitely growing year on year, yeah. That's great to hear. Three figures is a, is a number that still some clubs in Scotland aspire to as well. So that's... That's great to hear that in Northern Ireland as well, it's a growing game. And as you've mentioned already, it's growing everywhere just now, which is excellent. Uh, let's let's move into the SWPL then. There's been a, a kind of number of Northern Irish players that arrive this summer. Uh, I thought what would be quite good is to kind of get you to give us just a little bit more information about them. Um, how about we kind of do this by club? And we'll start we'll start with Rangers because I think they're probably the two that have maybe had the biggest impact so far this season. And that's Demi Vance and Megan Bell. Can you kind of give us a little bit of insight into... Kind of their career today, and obviously, if you've had the chance to see any of them, what you've thought so far of them this season? Yeah, well, they they have a fantastic opportunity. They they've both gone to Rangers, and they're now professional footballers, and and that's their career. They're they're at different stages of their career. Megan are Megan's only eighteen, and and Demi's twenty eight. Demi had previously been at Glentorn here in Northern Ireland. And Megan was at Linfield, and then she moved over to Durham Wildcats last July to play in the the FA Women's Championship. So it's a fantastic opportunity for the two of them, and you know they they've been quite vocal that they're Rangers fans. So they they're living their dream, if you like. And as you said, that they've had a great start. That they've both started all three games so far, and and Megan's got off to a real flyer, and she's four goals in three games. So. So that's been great for her. 
Um, she's playing in a more advanced role for Linfield than she would have for Linfield, and um, that's, that's obviously helping helping her goal tally. Um, Demi's playing at centre back so far for Rangers. She she would have played played in centre midfield here in the local game, and she tends to play at left back for Northern Ireland. She has she has left footed, so um, that's obviously something a wee bit different different for. Her. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had the chance to speak to to Megan and, and Campbell, who also does the podcast with me. He's he spoke to Demi, and I think with Megan in particular, having spoken to her, I was so taken back about how mature she came across for somebody so young. Um, and I think I, I have been really impressed with both of them. I think I'm glad you kind of shed some light on, on Demi as well, Laura, because I remember when she'd signed for Rangers, she was billed as this midfielder. So before she'd come over, she'd always been a, a kind of midfielder for for Glentoran. Yeah, she would play in centre midfield there, obviously, you know, one of the stronger players. But as I said, she, she tends to play a full-back for Northern Ireland on the left-hand side being left-footed. But I was a little surprised myself to see her at centre-back. But, you know, she's she's a physical presence and she's she's very strong and she'd be comfortable on the ball. So, that you know, they're maybe looking to have a, a ball-playing centre-back and, and that's definitely something that she, that she would give you. She's comfortable with the ball at her feet, having usually played midfield. So um, that's that's maybe what Gregory and, and Malky were hoping for when she, she's playing for Rangers. Yeah, and I'll be interested to see if that's a position she maintains through, throughout the season as well. But let's move on to the other player that's actually in the Northern Ireland squad in the, the Pinotar Cup just now, and that's Lauren Wade. Um, she signed for Glasgow City just before the, the transfer deadline is shut. Um, another player who I think has got a lot of potential and is on another player who, from speaking to her a little bit as well, is very excited at the opportunity she's been given to come over to Scotland. Yeah, of um, I mean, no, we'll go on to the other guys. Of there's actually five girls have gone from Northern Ireland to play in Scotland. Lauren would be the only one of the five that I actually haven't played against. Um, she and I, I wouldn't know a huge amount about her, but I know she's joined the Champions Glasgow City after a, a spell in Iceland with, excuse my pronunciation, Thrider Reykjavik, where she she won a second division title. So. Um, the weather has somewhat hampered Lauren's start in Scotland. With I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Glasgow City have only managed to play one competitive game so far against Celtic, and she came off the bench in that, and, and it was a, a two-one defeat in the end. But of the Northern Ireland contingent who who have made the the move across the Irish Sea, she would be the most experienced in terms of playing away from home, having played in the States for a couple of years at. Carson Newman University and then in Iceland as I mentioned so I'd imagine she'll settle in fairly quickly over there and it'll be interesting to see how things progress for her. Yeah no absolutely no problem with the pronunciation I would have just said Reykjavik and blagged <laughs> so you're okay with that not a problem uh, but yeah as I said she did come on in that I was at that Celtic Glasgow City game she came on at the, the last 10 minutes but that wasn't a night for flowing football, I think it's probably fair to say. Um, I, I think if that hadn't have been on 3G, that match wouldn't have been happening, Chris. i tell you something, Laura. See, when I turned up at it, and I've, this is a bit of a sidebar, but we'll, we'll go with it anyway. Uh, so when I turned up, it actually looked like somehow a 3G pitch had got a little bit waterlogged. It was fine for playing on, but yeah, it was some night that. But uh, let's move on from Lauren. And uh, let's talk about Billy Simpson uh, playing for Far for Farmington. She scored a couple of goals already this season. Uh, probably one of the of the five. It's probably one I know the least about at the moment, if I'm being honest, Laura. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on this one. 
Yeah, I was a wee bit surprised when when I heard about that move myself. And she, she's come over from Cliftonville to to join Forfar, and um, she's actually been joined there by Northern Ireland striker Lauren Brennan, who who was previously at Sion Swifts that we, that we talked about earlier. Um, she has she she's a wee bit famous, Billy. She had the the honour of being nominated for the FIFA Puskas Award, um, for the best goal, and she was in the company of the likes of Lionel Messi and. Zlatan Ibrahimovic that year and she volleyed home from inside her own half against Zion Swift back in August 2018 I'm sure you you probably saw the goal Chris and to be fair I think a lot of people who have no interest in women's football would would have saw the goal as it went viral I know it was on the match of the day Facebook page and so on and she's she's a defender she's a very powerful defender she's tall she's strong and I think you saw from that hit how, how powerful she is but She's had a good start at four for She scored both goals in a two-one win against Motherwell last Sunday, and um, she's lost her she's lost her place in the Northern Ireland squad there recently. So I'm sure she'll be hoping to to push herself back into the international setup and to catch Kenny's eye and and to get back into his plans. Do you know I I remember seeing a Northern Irish female footballer scoring that goal. And until you said it there, I did not make the connection. So that's her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's fantastic. And what I'll do is, I um, if you listen to this, when I put the uh, the tweet out over tweet out over Twitter, yeah, that makes sense. Tweet out over the Twitter <laughs> for the podcast. Uh, I'll link underneath it uh, that goal as well, just in case you haven't seen it, because it's an absolute uh, world day. Um, let's move on to the, the fifth player we're going to talk about then, and that's Louise McDaniel. She's signed from Hearts, uh, coming up from Blackburn Rovers. I've seen her a couple of times. She had a, a really good game against Birmingham Thistle in SWPL Cup with a couple of assists. Um, but she's another youngster. I think she's only 19, Laura. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think she is. Um, similar sort of age as Megan. And, and like Megan, she's also a Linfield girl. So she had, she had a, brief, a brief period um, with Blackburn Rovers at the end of 2019 there. Um, she created a wee bit of history. She scored Northern Ireland's first ever goal and helped us to our first ever point in a major tournament for a women's team when she scored the the equaliser, ironically against Scotland in in a one one all draw in the women's under 19 championships that that were here in Northern Ireland. So it was quite an iconic sight, you know. I, th- I think the the young people today call it tearing up. She was tearing up as she she ran over to the the home dugout and she was pulling at her jersey to show the Northern Ireland badge and and I personally thought it was a really great image for women's football it got a lot of coverage here and in, in the press and you know it was on the local news and stuff and I just thought that's that's something for young girls in any sport but particularly in, in girls football to see to see something like that I, I thought it was it was it was really great to see to be honest. Yeah, absolutely, and I feel like that's another clip I'll be putting in underneath this podcast as well, because I think that's definitely something people should see. Uh, absolutely, but, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I suppose my question is, in your respect, um, what do you think the reason is for the number of players coming over? Is it just this new opportunity that's now become available? I think at this stage, Chris, as we touched on earlier, you know, the, the Scottish women's domestic game is further along in its journey than we are, and it, it's a higher level of football than, than in Northern Ireland, and playing over there is, is going to improve these girls as players and that in turn is obviously going to help them on the international stage as I mentioned in the case of, of Demi, and, Demi and Megan it's an opportunity to become a professional footballer and a full-time athlete and at a club that they support which is not something that anyone's going to turn down and um, I think potentially as well 
puts these players, you know, in the shop window. If if they do well, then they they could well get the opportunity to which you when we talked about the domestic setup you said about, you know, looking on enviously at England and at Europe, you know, if these girls do well over in Scotland, they have the opportunity to make the next step up, maybe getting a, a move down south to a big English club or to another European club where they're going to further career and, and take it to the next level again. I think in terms of the two countries, we're quite close. I, I don't know. This is quite an interesting wee fact for you. At the nearest point in the coast, there's only 12 miles between Scotland and Northern Ireland. Did you know that? No, but I'm loving the level of research that's going into this. Laura. Yeah, well, I'm a jo- I did geography at uni, so I'm a bit of a geography geek, but I don't just mean geographically. I think socially and culturally as well. We're very similar countries and I think we have a similar sense of humour. So it's probably more of a home from home for the girls compared to moving to England to play down south in England or, or maybe another European country, which might be a wee bit more daunting for them. Yeah, I was covering the, the Rangers Hearts game with the opening weekend of the SWPL season. And I know that Megan had her entire family over, I think I ended up standing beside them. And uh, yeah, you just have that. You're right, you do kind of hear that accent and there's a, almost like an instant bit of bit of chemistry. So I think I think you're right to say that probably does help a little bit. And I'm sure if, the, if things even out a little bit, it might start going the other way as well. Um, let's move on to the national side. Also, they're, they're playing in the Penetar Cup just now with, uh, along with Scotland. Um, they are playing each other on Tuesday. But the connections don't stop there in terms of Scottish football and Northern <laughs> Ireland football because um, former Kamala boss Kenny Shields is in charge of Northern Ireland. I'm, if I remember, this is a fairly recent appointment. Um, how has he been getting on and how did that one come about as well is probably a fair question to ask. Yeah, well, the, the Pinotaur Cup squad is only the fourth squad that, that Kenny Shields has named and Kenny was appointed as the Northern Ireland Women's Manager back in April 2019 after Alfie Wiley left his role as Senior Women's Manager after 15 years to become the IFA's first head of women's elite performance. So Alfie made a sort of sideways move, if you like, and and Kenny took over the reins. And he's taken the opportunity to freshen things up, if you like, and and have a look at a lot of new players. And he's also given opportunities to some players who were out in the cold internationally, if you like, and in terms of new players and and getting an opportunity to look at everybody. As an example, he named five uncapped players in his first squad back in August of last year. So Linfield's Chloe McCarran is is one of the players who's who's really grabbed that opportunity with both hands. You know, she's she's 22, but she she hadn't been in a senior squad, I don't think, or she certainly hadn't been in in one. Um, recently, I think maybe that was her first, and she she's been in every squad since. So she she's really grabbed that opportunity, and even in his Pinotaur Cup squad, he's he's named two new faces in mid Ulster ladies goalkeeper Lily Crooks and Glenn Torn midfielder Dan Yale Maxwell. So they've both been included for the first time, and incidentally, Danielle made her debut yesterday alongside uh, Casey High and Kelsey Burrows, who were both getting their first caps as well. I think I've noticed, Chris, um, the goalkeeper jersey hasn't really been nailed down since since the change of manager and Becky Flackerty, who's at Sheffield United, is injured. But I think the fact that Kenny has picked a player from Mid-Ulster Ladies who are actually in the championship here in Northern Ireland, they're not a premiership club, shows that, that no door is closed with him as manager. 
Um, in terms of our results, we've we've had two honourable draws, if you like, against Wales and two heavy defeats to to Norway in our European Championship qualifiers so far. I'm not really sure what Kenny and his staff's expectations would be, and you'd maybe need to ask him that. But in our last two qualifying campaigns for Euro 2017 and for the World Cup in 2019, we only had one win out of eight group games in both of those those qualifying uh, schedules. So I think obviously we're not certainly not expecting to win the group or, or probably even to qualify, but I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll certainly be looking to see an improvement on on the, the last two qualifying uh, performances. So uh, I know the Pinatar Cup started and we lost one gnarly 1-0 to Iceland yesterday. I, I didn't get seeing the game because I was at work. It was on during the day, but you know, Iceland are a team that are ranked 98 place, or sorry, 38 places above us. So I'm not sure what sort of squad Iceland have taken to Spain, but that's definitely a result that you can take a lot of positives from. And it'll be interesting to see how Saturday goes against Ukraine. And then I think on Tuesday it is against against Scotland. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just for clarity, if you should probably confirm that we're recording this on Thursday night, so it's the day after the first round of the games in the Pinnacle Cup, and you'll be listening to this on Sunday, so you will know what's happened in the second one, we don't know yet, so it could have been anything. <laughs> no, the <laughs> ball's not quite working no, yet. No, ball's not up there yet. Um, yeah, you mentioned the qualifier, I was going to ask you about that, because I think somebody would look at the group table just now and, and think that maybe no, I'm not doing well, but you mentioned obviously the results. Getting those two draws against Wales is obviously really good, and Norway are a, a world-class team in women's football. Yeah. Is the expectation to maybe finish, certainly not ahead of Norway, but to try and get as close to Wales as possible in this campaign? Probably. I'm putting your fan hat on, maybe. Is it the best yeah, case. yeah. And and to be fair, in, in both the Norway games, you know, we pl- we played well. And I don't, I don't know if they'll have set a, a points target or, a, or even a place target per se, but I think as long as they see pro- progress, you know, that they'll be happy and Certainly, the 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 result yesterday and and the two performances against Wales, I, you know, I, I do think that that we're heading in the right direction. In terms of the future, then, Laura, um, you you touched on a little bit, and you're not entirely sure what expectations are in Kenny's world, but for you, in terms of the future of the women's game in Northern Ireland, what, what's what's your hopes and expectations going forward? Um, my hopes for the future of the women's game is is it continuing to grow at, at all levels in, in Northern Ireland. At a domestic level, the standard of the leagues continuing to improve, and I hope we'll see the results of the strategy that I mentioned earlier, pre, you know, bearing some fruit. For me personally, I, I would like to see fo- more female coaches in Northern Ireland. I had a wee look um, about six months ago at a UEFA report that they did in 2017 on on women's football across the associations. And it showed that the number of male coaches to to female coaches in the Northern Ireland women's game back then was 86 to 14 in favour of the men. And of 484 coaches in Northern Ireland who had their B licence in 2017, only 6% of them were women. And me personally, I think it's important for, for girls to, to have strong female role models in their life, whether that be a relative or their teacher, and, and why why can't it be their football coach? Um, internationally, I would like to see the, the better players continuing to have the opportunity to move the clubs across the water, whether that be in Scotland or England or further afield, to, to play at the highest level they possibly can. And 
hopefully that in turn will result in the national team improving and in time us qualifying for our first major tournament at a, at a senior level. And I know this is something that's not going to happen overnight, and I'm fully aware of that. You know, to give it some context, Euro 2016 was the first time the men's team had qualified for a major tournament in 30 years, and the women's team are quite considerably further back on their journey. But we have a saying here in, in Northern Ireland, international football, dare to dream. And why shouldn't we dare to dream when it comes to the women's team? And hopefully I would like to see Northern Ireland's women's team at a, at a major tournament sooner rather than later. Is August Scotland are there with them, Laura? That's, I'll be happy. I think that's, that's the main thing. Absolutely. Um, I, I tell you what, we're recording this with the Scotland Northern Ireland game in mind. Do you want to give a wee prediction out? Mm, I I take a draw. Take a draw. With a draw, you know you you're a lot more experienced than us, and you know you were at the World Cup, and how do we how do we look? You're ranked 34 places above us at the minute, so I th- I think a, a draw would be a, a pleasing result for us. Yeah, you you are on the bit of a crest of the wave of a wave at the minute. You know you've had two pretty and emphatic wins, and your first two qualifiers, and obviously you know you beat. Ukraine was a 2 0 yesterday. Three, yeah, we got a third three. one. Three, yeah. yeah, three. So things things are going well for you guys over there internationally. But I'll take a draw one each. I'll go. Cool. Well, I am in your interest of friendship and hands across the Irish Sea. I'll say one each as well. But secretly hope it's like you know three three one something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, uh, Laura, I think one thing I always think about podcasts is if you listen to a podcast or you're recording a podcast and you start it and at the end of it you've learned something you didn't know before that's been a success and I think in this respect it has been a success Laura thank you very much for coming on and sharing your knowledge in Northern Ireland thank, thanks very much for having me on Chris I really enjoyed it thank you no problem at all we'll maybe get you back on again in the future um, I think that's in it for this podcast if you've liked it please let us know uh, share it subscribe to the podcast it's on all the podcasts like iTunes Google Player FM now as well um, Spotify so it's all those places as well uh, tell everybody about it and we'll be back again soon with another podcast but for now catch you later it doesn't make me smile.